Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, 88.9 FM, WQCS. That is NPR of the Treasure Coast. You can find us on uh, Apple iTunes podcast, as well as the Public Radio Exchange. And um, as always, we have a new guest every week. I want to do a show today to celebrate a gentleman that I've known for years who created a place, a safe haven for yoga um, practitioners and yoga uh, people looking to try yoga probably for the first time, uh, which you could go and you'd have a wonderful place to relax, to learn, to grow, to even um, get certified in yoga and also to um, donate your um your contribution rather than have a set price or membership and it just uh, became a place of freedom and inspiration for a lot of people um, to really enjoy the world of yoga and his name is Scott Feinberg he created the Kula Yoga Shala and it's been thriving for many years and inspired many other centers to grow and he started at a place where I met him called the Barefoot Yoga Studio Mm-hmm. at least in this area, mm-hmm. and uh, owned by Carol Serna, who I believe for most, for many years, was the only yoga studio in Jupiter, Florida. Right. Um, so she fostered, you know, that sort of sentiment, and then he went on to continue a lot more of uh, great things, and uh, thank you for joining us, Scott. Thank you, Ken. Pleasure to be here with yeah. you. I appreciate yeah. all the kind words. So, yeah, no, tell me, like, how the dream started of the Kula Yoga Shala and what even Kula Yoga Shala means. Sure. I'll it's start cool. With it sings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll start with number two. Yeah. Um, the, the word Kula means community of the heart. So it, it connotates uh, this idea of tribe where there's a certain common denominator of intention that weaves its way through the idea of community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then shala is a word that implies a, a school of sacred study. And so a place where we can gather to really do inner work and, and, and then from that basis begin to build connections. And I think that's an important idea to, to permeate 
how we approach the therapeutic process by whatever means is that it's an interpersonal um, experience. And I think that's something that's unique to uh, unique to yoga in the sense that um, one thing is that we often tend to privatize our our human journey very much. So to um, come to a place where it's sort of brought out in the open where, hey, this is what this is about, and there's a transformational undercurrent that really permeates our, our programs mm-hmm. at Kula, um, and, and it, that it also crosses um, barriers of divisiveness, whether they're um, ethnic, whether they're uh, gender, whether they're generational, whether they are religious, if you th- think about yoga as a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. and um, how many different um, religions that often, you know, we go to separate places to pray. We go to our, our church and our temple and our monasteries and our beach and, and all the different places where we gather with those that um, connect the way that we do or believe in the things that we do. And one of the things that really inspires me about um, teaching yoga and practicing yoga is being in a room full of people of um, enormous diversity that are connecting to something that's fundamental beneath that right so I'd say that's you know kind of um, circles back to question one in a sense of where did this come from Um, when I first started practicing yoga which was in the late 90s um, and so it was pretty rare then but I lived up in Atlanta Um, I would finish practice and we would sit down to put our shoes on after and there was a long bench and everybody would you know sit down and nobody was talking to each other they were putting on their shoes grabbing their stuff going back to their cars and going back into their separate world worlds and my mind was blowing up and I was feeling this incredible sense of connection to uh, just the whole world to myself and thinking wow why don't we relate from this place so what really inspired me was creating a center uh, that is also a gathering place where mm-hmm. people could connect to themselves and then from that can we create programs um, you know dance nights movie nights drum circles uh, bonfires workshops trainings where it becomes community driven mm-hmm. um, you know the, the, your answer to this second question which came first <laughs> <laughs> <Starting my life. laughs> um, brought me back to a place where I remember that feeling of um, I would recommend yoga but I knew pe- some people were apprehensive about yoga like they were about acupuncture mm-hmm. because of some of the religious connotations or that they right. were their perceptions of mm-hmm. religious ties to yoga and Buddhism and so forth and so on, or or acupuncture and Taoism and all. Obviously, those a lot of those sentiments have faded away over the years. But I did it did like I just had that memory like wow yeah there was a time mm-hmm. where certain people that were Christian or Catholic felt like they couldn't do yoga because there was this sort of you know a connection to Buddhism. Where I had patients that literally would come to me and they says you know I, I hesitated for a long time because of my faith mm-hmm. and I just want to know what you believe and mm-hmm. da, 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 and whether or not I could I can have acupuncture with you wow. and that is a real like you said those barriers are real for some people in perception and I I never grew up with that because I had my faith but I was able to choose things that would bring healing to my life and I didn't have to subscribe to the religious aspect because my spirituality was so strong in myself Mm -hmm. Um, and and my belief system was so strong in myself that I could utilize all these different things and grow in those things without having it change my inner being but only improve, right, my inner being. And so I love that you're talking about that because sometimes those misconceptions or those apprehensions prevent 
prevent us from enjoying and benefiting and growing from things that are available all throughout the world. Um, and now that we're becoming such a global culture, there are some that want to hang on to their small space. But, um, you know, obviously with kids, come, you know, your next generations, it's going to be harder and harder to do that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, yeah. and I think it, it becomes a question of, not what is the belief, but what is the level of consciousness that is engaged in the belief. Mm -hmm. And yoga addresses us, it meets us at the level of consciousness, and so, and it elevates that, which means we're going to have uh, an upgraded embrace of our faith. You know, it should um, elevate the frequency of our faith. So if you come to a meditation practice steeped in Christianity or Judaism, that should hopefully the sign of a a powerful practice is that it deepens your connection to your faith Um, so so I think that they are complementary and 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 co-creative yeah I mean for a lot of times when I'm in yoga the challenge for me uh, which I do I do practice yoga probably about three times a week Mm -hmm. at my minimum four times a week is 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 kind of my goal but just depends on my schedule overall and 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 also the other things i do to balance myself because i do do aggressive things like brazilian jiu-jitsu and Mm -hmm. boxing and um and so those are all my choices to achieve my balance right what Mm -hmm. it helps me psychic you know psychologically and physically and emotionally and um so when when you look at that you you kind of all throughout those practices, there is this spiritual content where you're battling inside yourself, dealing with emotions, situations, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you go to this place of prayer mm. where you're seeking a moment outside yourself to almost give over all of those things and realize your your mortality, your, <laughs> your, your, um, you're not in control, right? You're not in controlness, <laughs> which is not even a term, but I'm going to coin it right now. Um, you know, so those are the places that I like to go to, which I learn and over and over again to just give up that control and be mm. okay with it. And that's when the beauty comes and that's when the blessings come and that's mm. when the improvement comes because I'm able to say, okay, you know, like, just be a vessel or just be a servant servant, and be of service and be good. And you know what I mean? And, and let things happen and be there to sort of um, play with it and orchestrate with it and dance with it, but not try to be so mm-hmm. <laughs> aggressively like it has to be this way. It has to be that way because life is not that way. And if you can find things like yoga and these, which I call a moving meditation, mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know, at its best, it's a moving mm-hmm. meditation because some people can't sit still and meditate. That's right. Right. <laughs> that's beautiful, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. hundred percent to everything yeah. you said. And yeah. you actually said a couple of things in there that if, found really interesting one is that idea of control mm-hmm. and that I, I, I look at control as something that is um, in and of itself it's an illusion mm-hmm. uh, not only because we don't have control because certainty is you know is illusory but because the one that seeks control isn't the true one that we are mm-hmm. and what happens as you said you know we do that over and over again and that's a training when we do something over and over again we're training a capacity right 
but for most of us these haven't been conscious training so what have we been doing over and over again we're thinking the same thoughts mm -hmm. every single day we have the same habits every single day we stay in the same rhythms the same belief systems mm -hmm. the same relationship tendencies and so we're training uh, and perpetually reinforcing these grooves mm -hmm. at a neurological level mm -hmm. and so we look to life circumstances as if they are the cause of our happiness or the cause of our sorrow mm -hmm. and we disempower empower ourselves and right. so the opportunity to come to a yoga mat or to sit down and 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 it really you know the all the disciplines you mentioned are somatic and mm -hmm. so when we can source our somatic wisdom and start to move the body mm -hmm. then we send a message back to the brain and we do that over and over again and we're disrupting those patterns we're actually removing like we're like pulling the weeds of those those um those synapses mm -hmm. and we're creating new pathways mm -hmm. and because of that we create new patterns we create new emotions we create new life experience right. and yeah. that's the beauty of it yeah it's the magic it, of it. and and it 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 sounds complicated and it sounds mysterious and it sounds you know almost untouchable for i'm sure most listeners right now um they're like this sounds out of like out there <laughs> um, just the thought of giving up control sounds out there and mm -hmm. that's a crazy thing you know when it comes to anything when mm -hmm. it comes to work or or um, you know that's why people love going to the gym and doing these repetitive movements and I and I don't discount that because I do that too but mm -hmm. I know what they are and I know what they do and what that's it's right. for um, but there's another part of yourself that you need and I I tell my patients I say you know when you're younger that rigidity right that repetition and the, that that tightness mm -hmm. is okay because you can deal with it because you have youth and when you fall you don't break but as you get older mm -hmm. it's your flexibility that's going to save you it's your flexibility of mind it's your that's flexibility right. of body it's your flexibility of emotion that's really going to keep you in your the space of longevity for the for the marathon of life rather than the sprint right so, so the sprint is good you tone mm -hmm. up you get tight and you, and, you, and you fly and you know you run as fast as you can and you do that but then it gets to this point where doing that you you know after you stop you fall mm -hmm. <laughs> and you fall hard because all those moving parts now they get they just stay tight and they That's stay right. rigid mm -hmm. and so i you know i really encourage things like these moving meditations and staying still and pilates and dance and mm -hmm. you know even couples dancing and all these sort of things you know which some of which you offer this to because you don't only, like you said you don't only do yoga but right. when i re recommend that they go and experience cool yoga shallow that's what i'm wanting them to do i say you know you don't have to stay go to such a uh, aggressive mm -hmm. yoga practice because they have a lot of different practitioners so maybe start with chair yoga mm -hmm. you know if you're 70 something years old and you've never moved in this way and you're afraid of your knees or your hip going going out mm -hmm. then start with chair yoga that's right you know so there's something for everybody and then you can progress but if you're already there and you've been practicing for a long time and you want something more powerful then go to a power yoga class mm -hmm. <laughs> so i'll recommend that i'll recommend you know there's numerous power yoga studios in the sure. area so I, I i really do try to zone into the community at large but the community that you've created i like because it's a good beginner's place mm -hmm. and and where did you start with the um the donation aspect because that's different and that's taking mm -hmm. a chance for you financially as mm -hmm. an owner Right. <laughs> that, that's been a scary choice to make. Yes. Yeah, yeah it can be. Um, that's faith. <laughs> that is faith. And 
I think what inspires that is the idea of inclusivity and uh, and accessibility to practices. And um, you know, I know I've been at a lot of different points in my life financially, and uh, sometimes that's uh, created restriction in my capacity to access practices that uh, are at a time when they could be most beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. Uh, even over the years, you know, going, you know, threading these these ideas together about adaptability and adaptation, you know, we've had to adapt that model. When mm-hmm. uh, when we first started, it was just put out a jar, and I would, you know, there were times when people would be pulling money out of the jar mm-hmm. and taking it, and um, and so we had, did have to make changes and put in uh, a, a minimum donation of ten dollars mm-hmm. to um, in fair or ensure a fair exchange of energy for our teachers and our right. studio to be there. And, you know, and and so I think that at the end of the day, though, it's just about can we make these practices accessible to people and finding ways to continue to do that. Because that's still half of what an average drop-in, as they call it. Mm -hmm. You know, drop-in is when you don't uh, pay for a number of of yoga uh, practice sessions at a time. Mm -hmm. But you're just going to drop in. You're going to go when you want and pay when you want. And uh, so that's still half of that because the average cost is about 20 bucks, which is still inexpensive, but $10 is more ex- inexpensive for a person that is concerned with finances. Maybe they're young, maybe they're in college, that's right. um, or maybe they're retired and they're on a fixed income mm-hmm. and they want to do this. And, you know, and so I mentioned like the chair yoga, for instance, and I, and I the other, one of the other classes that I did for a while at Kula, um, it was a breath breathing centered class, which it was a lot of uh, movements, but then you would focus on your breath. And I did that at a time when I need, when I felt that my lung capacity had changed. I wasn't breathing enough. Um, I I don't. F- I, I I was feeling tired mm. uh, more than I usually was, and I felt like the the part of that was my concentration on my breathing. Mm. Um, Interesting. And, and also being present, I felt like I was being pulled in a lot of ways. So I sought after practice to heal that within myself. And so I want you to expand on the different choices of teachers that you choose and the different classes, because that's the way I want people to look at their life. And that's why I do the radio. And that's why I do the type of healing, because there's all of these choices out there, but they don't, people don't usually know application. Mm -hmm. So within the yoga world, there's application of different types of yoga (laughs) <laughs> Most definitely. For healing yourself, for engaging your own healing. So tell us some of that, uh, those classes. Yeah, happy to. And, and it is, it's as diverse as food. You know, sometimes people will say, oh, I tried yoga and it wasn't for me. And it's like saying, you know, I, I tried Italian food and eating right. isn't for me. Right, and, exactly. And so, yeah. you know, finding the yoga that is right for you is, is very important. It's a crucial part of it. And sometimes that just takes exploration. And a lot of times that has to do with style uh, and of practice, as you mentioned. And a lot of times it has to do with the... Uh, the relationship and the chemistry that you feel with the teacher right. and the practice space as well. Different studios have different energy. So take some exploration and that is an important phase of the process because you're committed to being curious and examining and investigating. That's a big part of what yoga is about. So for us, it's about diversity of practices. We're not a style specific studio. So we have 
you know, sitting meditation practices with Thai monks to power vinyasa classes and everything in between. And um, I, th I think what you were speaking of, uh, we have a practice called mind, body, breath, a um, handful of times each week that incorporates meditation, breath work, and physical yoga practice. And it just allocates a, a little bit more time to the breathing practices. And we're actually getting ready to start another um practice that's a strictly breathing practice on Monday evenings mm -hmm. and we have a, a huge community of amazing teachers we have over 50 teachers at this studio yeah that's huge yeah it's it's yeah. incredible and they they all bring a diverse background and expertise and, and passion. how many rooms within the studio so there's two rooms uh, two bigger rooms for practices um, there's a common area for where people can just hang yeah. out read and work and then there's five treatment rooms as well so there's chiropractic Counseling, yeah. psychotherapy, yeah. You know, body work, yeah. uh, you name it. Wow. Yeah, so, sort of a, a, a just again back to community, you know, yeah. bringing together a lot of diverse experiences. And you do the teacher training, which I know my wife participated yes. in your teacher <laughs> training. Um, and I was uh, there for a graduation and I mm -hmm. witnessed some of the actual uh, teacher training um, times. There, were, there was a lot of interesting mm -hmm. things going on you had about that at least the class she was in was about 20 or 30 teachers that, that like yeah you, crank, you cranked out into the world well <laughs> it's it's funny i mean we it, it was probably um i would say closer to 20 than 30 right. i max it at 24 okay. because okay. i don't want it to be uh one of these big sort of assembly line trainings where they're right. just you know pushing people in and out and, and it's just about how many people can we get through our teacher training for me i sit down and with every person before they enter the training we spend at least an hour together and I get a sense of is this right for them is it the right training uh, is it the right time in their life uh, where are they at with their yoga practice because mm -hmm. uh, ultimately these um these guys are going to become the ambassadors of yoga they're going to introduce it to people for the first time and, right. uh, and there's a there's a sacred responsibility in that so we take our time and and the training is very very carefully thought out yeah mm -hmm. uh, you know the the thing that intrigued me about what one of the many things that intrigued me about what you're doing why i'm featuring not just the yoga but obviously the philosophy yeah um the way in which you went about like i like how you say the exchange of energy um guaranteeing that for your teachers and so like you said some people would take money out of this you yeah. know jar and that's unfortunate because people don't realize that you're just taking from yourself yes. and that's um you know, uh, and we see it on a bigger scale in the world we live in now, people making decisions, uh, whether you steal from, you know, uh, the person next to you or you steal from millions of people through your company. It, it always kind of comes back in mm -hmm. different ways, whether it's disease or mm -hmm. um, through your loved ones and not really achieving success. And, and what is success? What is wealth? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, I, I think... As a physician, I get to see so many of these lessons being played out through people's lives. Mm -hmm. And in one sense, I'm fortunate um, to view them as lessons. And in another sense, obviously, it can hurt my heart as mm -hmm. a person who interacts with people real time. You know, I'm sensitive. I'm not, a, I'm not a shell. Um, <laughs> but what I like about what you've done is you've created this space and you've created a template that other people can do if they choose to. Um, which appeals to the higher level, like you said, of consciousness and learning. Because I, I really do feel like, you know, people, the first thing people say about yoga is, oh, uh, 
you know, I'm not flexible or I can't do that. <laughs> and they automatically connect yoga with this like flexibility mm-hmm. exercise, like a stretching. Right. Like I'm not stretchy. I'm not <laughs> stretchy, you know, and they don't realize that it's number one, a practice. So it's never you're never going to be good at it. That's right. You know, I don't think like, yoga is something you can be good or bad. at. No, it's not about being good or bad. It's a practice. Mm-hmm. So that means that each time you go and the only thing I could connect it to that most people will understand it with is like golf, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of that, that life, those people that play that game, mm-hmm. it's a game of life. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. And as you can see with the greatest, they even had times where, you know, their life shifted and their game shifted mm-hmm. and it took years and we can say many names out there that has experienced one of the most famous is Tiger Woods, you know, love what he's done, but his life reflects his success. Mm. So we have to see that those correlations within ourself is really what the practice is about. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think what you've done and what I, you know, I'm applauding you for and why I wanted to share that is because, you know, overcoming that fear of financial um, sort of dependence on the way that certain structures were done prior to you making this mm-hmm. and um, setting up a situation where you had multiple teachers rather than trying to coin one style mm-hmm. and you know doing all these things you've created a diversity which as a world we can kind of say okay we don't have to always give up who we are to become greater mm. we can take who we are become greater and join in with others and even become greater than that as a community. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to share what you've done because um, I see our world at a time where we're sort of trying to hold on to old ways and old patterns <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's in a way that can make us unhealthy. Mm. But if you embrace other things, keep what you are, grow in your spirituality, move in your mm-hmm. meditation through life, <laughs> you can actually be successful. and you're obviously successful at what you've done. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's that perpetual augmentation and how the practice gets translated into the um, to the way we carry ourselves in our lives, the decisions yeah. we make, and how we move through the course of the day yeah. in ways um, both seen and unseen. Yeah. It's, it's a higher, li- higher living, mm-hmm. um, maximum health, quality living. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people get a hold of Kula Yoga Shala and, and how they visit you? Sure. So easiest is probably right through our website, uh, which is kulayogashala.com. And, uh, and That's our K-U-L-A, mm-hmm. yoga, Y-O-G-A, and then shala, S-H-A-L-A. You got it. Yeah. Yes, and and that's also our Instagram page where you can see daily schedules and uh, keep up with it. We try to um, really conceive of our social media as an extension of our community, so you'll see great messages, inspiration, connection, community happening mm-hmm. there as well. And so even if you can't make it to the studio physically, there's a virtual community mm-hmm. that um, there's still so many incredible teachings. We have an amazing social media director that mm-hmm. uh, just brings so many insightful teachings through our, our daily posts so yeah. it's a it's you know it's a powerful way to connect with self and others and uh, and just i appreciate you having having me on here and yeah. giving an opportunity to talk about it no and thank you listeners out there for celebrating diversity with us this has mm-hmm. been scott feinberg the uh founder and creator of kula yoga shala 
And uh, this has been another Maximum Health Quality Living. For the next Star Summit talk, Science, Technology, Healing Arts, Renaissance, we ask the question, where are we now with our relationship to love, our relationship to intimacy, to marriage, and to teenagers? It will take place at the Norton Museum of Art on Saturday, February 8th, 2020, 12 p.m., to 3 p.m. Our panelists for this amazing and timely Star Summit talk include Chrissy DeShield, contemporary jazz soul R&B songwriter singer on relationship to love, Nicole Prouse, American neuroscientist on relationship to intimacy, Dr. Russell Bourne, clinical psychologist on relationship to marriage, Ruthie Steinberg, Supreme Court certified licensed mental health counselor on relationship to teenagers. You can get your tickets now via eventbrite.com. They're 2350. We look forward to seeing you there. See you next time. Oh, my, 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 what you do to me? Like lightning when I'm swimming in the sea. From the very first time we loved. From the very first time we touched. Walking on. It's so powerful.